welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. We're so thankful the Lord has uh, put that burden on our heart because uh, somebody told us about Christ, and I believe it's our responsibility to tell others. And we are blessed to be a blessing. And uh, I, I don't know, but uh, uh, you've seen that we've fed over 275,000 meals to children. The greatest thing about that is when we present a meal, we present the gospel. And kids always come to Christ because when they see a good thing, they go for it. It's only us adults that have some issues. But, you know, uh, I went for years going around the world, and I would say you can get to heaven hungry and you can get to heaven thirsty. And that is true. You only get to heaven by the blood of Jesus. But, uh, listen, uh, you know, I found that when we do a water well, we, we had a community of about 25,000 that we put four wells in at four different churches around the city. And uh, when I came to do the crusade, the mayor was sitting on the platform, the police were there, and they were there because they knew that we had done something good for them. And the mayor sat on the platform, and when I gave the invitation, she was the very first one that gave her heart to Jesus. And uh, we give God glory for that, but she said something to me that I can't forget. She said, you know, many people tell us that God loves us. She said, you showed us. And because of that, we saw about 70% of the people that came to our crusade gave their heart to the Lord. Now, that's very unusual. I've done crusades all over the world, and it's usually 20 to 25% of the crowd will come to Christ in a mass evangelism crusade. But now we're seeing up to 70% because we show the love of God. At the close of this service, some of you are going to be able to help me. We are doing water wells. We do them very inexpensively. Uh, we do a well for $1,500, and I would guarantee you you can't do one in North Carolina for $1,500. But we're going to have our uh, next well that we're really getting involved with is on a mountain that has about 7,000 people living there, and we're going to uh, put two water tanks on that mountain, and every person in, on that mountain will have fresh, clean water uh, that they do not have today. So this is uh, a blessing, but if you want to get involved, pray about it. At the end of the service, you're going to have a chance to give and get involved. Praise the Lord. Out in the foyer, we do have a few things available. We have CDs of preaching. How many understand that you can surround yourself with anointed things and the anointing will increase? You can't surround yourself with chaos and have the anointing. But the Word of God produces faith. There's sermons out there on CD. There's some on miracles. There's some on what is love. And then uh, I have written a couple of books, Rock Solid Principles for Prosperity. I have another book, uh, Faith for the Holy Ghost. I have some uh, sermons, MP3 format. They're on a card. You put, plug it in your, uh, the website on your computer, and you'll have seven sermons on each of these, uh, seven on the Holy Ghost, seven revival. Bible sermons, and uh, uh, all those things that I just mentioned are available just by any donation you want to give, okay? Uh, we do take check, credit, debit, whatever you want to do, but then the t-shirt that I have.
is, uh, it has my very favorite word, whatever. Everybody say whatever. Now, I, I was born a smart aleck. I don't know how you were born, but I've been a smart aleck my whole life, and I have a hard time even with it today. I'm not redeemed from that smart aleck curse. I still love to be smart or aleck. I don't know which one. But the back has a greater word. It says, whatever's pure, just, and lovely you think on these things. And that shirt is worth about $15, but I sell it for 20 Everybody say, Whatever. Now you know how to use that word. But you say, why would I sell a $15 shirt for 20 Well, the extra $5 will go and help feed five children. And we have 55 kids that will be in school tomorrow in Haiti at our, at our uh, school and church. They're having church today, but we feed them every day and five times a week. Uh, that may be the only meal they get, but it's a great blessing and it's a good meal we give them. So that's what you're helping with with that. So we have them in small to three extra large, and I'll say it, uh, you know, we have really whatever size you wish you were. All right, praise the Lord. Again, Pastor, thank you for allowing me to come, and uh, we're believing the Lord uh, for great things. Let's stand together. I'm going to try to preach just as fast as I did in the first service, but it may be hard. John chapter 5, verse number 8. One verse there. We're going to look at it together. John chapter 5, verse number 8. Look at the screen. Let's read it together. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. Again, one more time. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. Let's pray over the reading of the word. Father God, again, we ask for your anointing to be strong in this place, that every yoke of bondage would be destroyed today in the name of Jesus. We declare there's no bondage here. We bring every thought into captivity for the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Be loosed in the name of Jesus. We declare uh, nothing is impossible today, Lord, that you'd save the lost. Uh, Lord, if there be one here that does not know you, one that has sin in their life, one that is backslidden, may it be hot in here for them today. May they be drawn to Jesus by the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. We're depending on you. We need your mercy and your grace today in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Why don't you turn to somebody and say, I see great things coming your way. It's inevitable. Come on. Tell somebody, I see great things coming your way. It's inevitable, and you may be seated. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. John chapter 5, Jesus tells a man, get up, pick up your bed, and walk. Let's read the rest of that story beginning with verse number 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda which has five roof colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. He'd had an infirmity for 38 years, a weakness, an inability to produce results. Let's talk about this place, this place called Bethesda. You, I have been there. You can still visit there, there in Israel today. You walk out. There's a level. It drops down a level. It actually drops down five levels at the bottom 
there is a pool. And uh, the story goes that an angel would come from heaven and stir that water, and the first one in would be healed. Verse number 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he'd already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one or I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I'm going down, another steps before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once or immediately, the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. Jesus said to this man, get up, take up your bed, and walk. This place known as Bethesda was a place that the hopeless, the helpless, the sickly, the weak went because they went there to get their healing. It was kind of like a lucky place, if I can use that word, a place if you were lucky enough to be the first one in, it'd be like the healing lottery, you would be healed. John chapter 5, verse 10, so the Jews said to the man that had been healed, it is the Sabbath, and it's not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, the man who healed me, the man, uh, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. They asked him, who's the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. Now, I want you to notice that line right there. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. I believe in America today, we got preachers that uh, take sin very lightly. I will tell you that Jesus did not say sin was a light thing. He said sin no more that a, a worse thing may not happen to you. He indicated that sin was very dangerous. He didn't say go ahead and sin all you want. I got you covered. He said go and sin no more. He was saying there are worse things than you going through this life paralyzed, sick, or weak, but going to hell would be worse than those things. I I had somebody ask me, a preacher, he said, do you really believe that there'll be no sin in heaven? I thought that he was joking because that's what preachers do. When we're not preaching, we joke around, and sometimes our preaching's a joke. Everybody say whatever, all right? There you go. You're learning this. I thought he was joking, but I looked at his face and realized he was serious. He really thought that sin would be in heaven. He said, what do you think about sin? I said, well, the word sin is used over 150 times in the New Testament alone, not including the word sinner or sinneth. I said, uh, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, uh, uh, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible said he that commits sin is of his father, the devil. I said, what do you think I think about sin? I said, if God... God lets sin in heaven, then it would be just like earth. Uh, somebody will go there and jackhammer the streets of gold. They'll steal the pearly gates. They'll steal the walls of jasper. That would make heaven just like earth. But my Bible says that heaven is far better. Amen. I'm so thankful that there'll be no sin in heaven. I, I believe he said sin no more lest a worse thing, something more evil come upon you. How many know that sin would not be so attractive if you had to pay the wages immediately? 
See, why do we sin? Because yesterday I thought I got by with it. The day before I think I got by with it. But one day I'm telling you every sin we will give an account of before God our Father. Are you understanding me? There is a just judge and we will get what is coming to us. I'm not here to make you shout over sin, but I'm here to warn you that sin is very dangerous. He said to this man, that man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. This man, the Bible said, had been there for 38 years. He's at a religious place. How many know you can go to church in Mount Olive and not be saved? You can go to uh, church in Mount Olive and not get any better. But uh, I, I believe uh, we're not talking about religion today. There are people in this town that will rub their beads. They will light their candles. They will pray their prayers. They do their religious mumbo jumbo and still nothing happens. This is a religious place where this man had been for 30 years, but religion did nothing for him. Today, I'm not talking about religion. I am talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. I believe today if you've come in here and you do not know him at the end of this service, you can come and receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can be changed by the power of God. I don't know what religion has done to you. It might have messed you up, but I'm here to tell you, Jesus will fix your problem. If you believe it, say man. I believe that sometimes that we are bound for so long it becomes normal to us. 38 years he's been helpless. He's been an invalid. He's been paralyzed. He's been poor. 38 years he needs deliverance. I believe that you can't get delivered from what you think is normal. Now, my father is 88 years old. He pastored for 67 years, and he's still living. He still preaches from time to time. He preaches to me every time he talks to me on the phone. And he does three sermons a week still at 88 years old. And if I need help on something, sometimes I say, Dad, look up some stuff for me. Help me out. And he'll do it, all right? And it's a great thing because I believe if one can put 1,000 to flight, my dad and I, we can put 10,000 to flight. Amen? So I'm, I'm all about it. But he, he was asking me one day, he said, where are you going to preach this weekend? I said, well, I, I told him what church. He said, oh, they got a lot of old people in that church. I'm, I'm looking at him like, you know, he's always that guy. He said, I met some of my friends that I went to school with. They look old. I said, Dad, have you looked in the mirror lately? He said, what are you going to do at that church with all those old people? It's hard to get old people in the altar is what he said. He said, old people only come to the altar if you have a healing line for corns and bunions. What he was saying is sometimes as we grow older, the doctors have given us a report We've had that pain in that same spot for so long that we begin to think that's the way it's going to be. But Jesus said, pick up your mat and walk. You think about this man. 38 years he's been there. He starts at the top. You picture this. Somebody gets healed so there's a place he can move a little closer. Somebody dies, he can move a little closer. After 20 years, he's probably pretty close. But after 38 years, he's so close he could just reach his arm over into the water. He was that close to a miracle. Listen to me today. 
I wonder how many times you've come to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church and you were this close to a miracle. I wonder how many times we should have praised him a little bit more. We should have stayed in his presence a little bit longer. We should have uh, 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 praised him a, a little bit more. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you'll reap if you faint not. Today is not the day to give up. Today's the day to reach out in faith. Faith still pleases God, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you believe it, say amen today. I wonder how many God moments have passed you and I by. I've had a lot of moments where I know God has touched me. I got saved. I, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I've been healed. I've had uh, miracles happen. But I wonder how many times I've let God moments slip by. Uh, he's at the place called Bethesda. Bethesda means place of mercy. I drove into town last night, and whatever road I came on in on, I could see your church from the road. And I'm thinking, everybody drives by here, they think, that's the place you can receive mercy. But how many know not everybody that's been in this place received what they came for? Because I think many times we're this close to a miracle and we give up. Listen to me today. I want to say something prophetically to you today. I believe uh, that today is the day of transition, that you are going from one condition to another. You came in one way, but you're going to leave another. And I hear the word of the Lord uh, that he began to say when he walked into the temple, there's recovery of sight to the blind. And I hear the word of the prophet in the last days. He said uh, that I'll restore unto you the years that the canker worm has has uh, uh, eaten. I believe today's the day of recovery and restoration. Today's the day of transition. Today's the day you're leaving here different than you came. I don't know, but by the look on some of your faces, you didn't think I came to preach bad news. I came to preach good news. Folks, this is good news. Sometimes people say, I hate, I hate change. Let me tell you something. I am so glad I don't have a phone that does this. I am so glad I don't have one of those phones that we used to pull it from the kitchen out onto the patio so my parents couldn't hear me talking to my girlfriend. Somehow, when I, you say change in church, everybody gets rigid. Folks, change, when he takes you from where you've been to where he wants to take you, it's a good thing. Somebody say amen today. But this man, Jesus says to him, he says to him and in a way that I find very peculiar, almost a funny question I thought when I first read it. I, I, he said, do you want to be healed? He's at the place where I thought everybody wanted to be healed. That's why they're laying around there. But maybe some of them, their relatives brought them. We're sick of this person, so we're going to take him. Maybe he'll be lucky enough to be healed. Sometimes people come to church for different reasons. He said, do you want to be healed? And he says, I have no man. Now, I think about that. 38 years, he's paralyzed. How does he eat and drink for 38 years with no man? You can't fast and pray for 38 years. You might be able to make it for 38 days. I'm kind of more into 38 minutes. But you can't go 38 years. He said, I have no man. Who fed him? Who gave him something to drink? 
How many know he had his excuses and we all have our excuses? And I thought, you know, they, uh, Jesus asked that question, it sounded strange, but there's people that were in this first service that indicated that they were not saved by, by the way I gave the invitation and they still didn't come to the altar to get saved. How many know that you can have the opportunity and not take it? Today, I challenge you at the end of this service not to be one of those people that use an excuse, well, what will my pastor think? What will my wife think? What will my family think? Well, I'm hur- I want to hurry up and get out of there. I'm going to tell you something. Eternity will be long without Jesus. You need to respond to him today if you believe it. Say amen again. Now, Jesus says, really, in the King James, will you be made whole? How many know you can do whatever you want, but without Jesus, you'll never be made whole? You might be able to better your life for a while, but you'll never be whole without Jesus. He says, get up, take up your bed and walk. Jesus didn't say, hey, look, you didn't say you wanted to be healed, so I'm not going to heal you. How many know that Jesus ignored this man's response by grace. What does that mean? Every one of us in here, in spite of ourselves, God has blessed us. In spite of what we deserve, we haven't all gotten what we deserve. Somebody say, thank God. God has blessed most of us in spite of ourselves. He said, I cannot, I have no man. Now, I believe looking out here today, there are many of you that have been told you cannot. I don't know what what, uh, situation you have, but I had issues growing up uh, like nobody's business. I was the pastor's son, but I got beat at school with a board so many times. I reached over and grabbed my ankles so many times. I should have abs of steel this morning. But I was in trouble all the time. You told me no, I tried it. But I'm going to tell you, I had a lot of people that would say, uh, you're never going to amount to anything. I had teachers say, you're not going to graduate because you're not going to finish my class. I had the Bible college professor that taught you how to preach homiletics tell me, you need to pick another profession. I had the president of the Bible college tell me, you need to pick another profession. When I was born, I was born with a cleft palate. I had a hole in the roof of my mouth, my lip did not meet in the front. The doctors even told my parents that I would be an I cannot child, that I will not be able to hear without having some kind of hearing apparatus, that I will not be able to talk without having some kind of speech therapy for years. But my parents did not believe the report of the doctor. They believed the report of the Lord that said their seed would be blessed. They took me to an Oral Roberts tent meeting at two months of age. He prayed for me and prophesied over me. I've never had any problems hearing and I've never had any problems talking. You may not think I talk right, but this is how an Oki talks. And the only time I have problems hearing is when my wife asks me to do something I don't want to do. 
Oral Roberts took me in his arms and he prophesied, I preach the gospel throughout the world. I'm here to tell you something. My being here at Mount Olive is prophecy being fulfilled. Every time I go to some place I've never been, I can tell you, I thank the Lord that he raised me up. I thank the Lord that he did something. And I will tell you, maybe you have your excuses why you cannot, but I read in this Bible a lot of people that had reasons to not do something. I read about Moses. He was a stutter. I read about Abraham. Uh, he was old. I read about Rahab. She's a prostitute. I read about David, an adulterer and a murderer. I read about Saul who persecuted Christians and all these people God used in a mighty way. I say, get up and do what you could not do before. You say, how is it going to happen? Folks, I'm not here in my own power. My own power, I'd rather be in bed today. Are you hearing me? I'm a night person, but I'm going to tell you something. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Today, I don't know what God has called you to do. I don't know what you face tomorrow, but I'm hearing something today that he's upholding you with the right hand of his righteousness. He says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Well, I messed up a lot of times. I hear him saying, Micah 7, 8, rejoice not against me. Oh, mine enemy, when I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I don't know if you hear me today, but the word of God is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It is moving in your heart and in your life today. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Listen to me today. You say, well, I just can't do it. I got a word for you today. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The Holy Ghost is going to help you do things that were impossible. The Holy Ghost is going to help you go places that were impossible. He's going to get you through the right door. He's going to get you to the right place. He's going to get you right where he needs you to be. I thank God for the Holy Ghost and fire today. Amen. Listen to me. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name. There he is in the midst of us. It didn't say where two or three are gathered in the evangelist's name, the pastor's name, the church name. He said if we gather in his name, he's here today. How many know when Jesus shows up, everything changes? It's not when the evangelist shows up. It's when Jesus shows up. I was preaching in Jamaica, and uh, I was out in the mountains preaching, and uh, we had been doing daytime services at schools and high schools and at the reform school for juvenile defenders, at the school for the deaf, and all these different places. And at night, we were holding a crusade, but we had a team with us, and when I take a team, I always give them one good day, and we went to the beach one day. All right, and uh, when I go to the beach, I wear a suit, a swimsuit. All right, I, I don't know if that's a sin, but, you know, when I was a kid, it was a sin to swim because we couldn't afford to go to the swimming pool. All right, whatever. Everybody say whatever. Okay, so I'm going to the beach. I'm wearing a swimsuit. I'm wearing a swimsuit, flip-flops, and a T-shirt. Oh, by the way, it was not a Speedo. Somebody say, thank God for that, amen? Because you'd have to have healing of your memories if you saw me in a Speedo. <laughs> Some things I say my mom wouldn't approve of. Okay, that was probably one of them. So anyway, we go into the beach. The phone rings. The pastor says, look, there's a lady that's dying of cancer. Her pastor is called and asked if we'd stop and pray for her. 
I said, I can't go wearing a swimsuit. He, I said, Let me go. let's go back and I'll change clothes. It's inappropriate, I thought. He said, look, we don't have time to go back, and this lady is so close to death, she won't even know what you're wearing. We showed up. I went in the room. Death had already entered in that room. You could feel it. That lady was this close to dying. I walked up to her, and I did not pray the prayer of faith over her. I got real close to her and said, if you die, are you going to go to heaven or hell? How many think you ought to answer that question today? If you've not answered that question, you need to answer it before the end of this service. We'll give you a chance to know that you're going to heaven. She very weakly says to me, I'm not sure. She was not sure if she died, if she'd go to heaven or hell. I prayed the sinner's prayer with her. She asked Jesus into her heart. I then prayed the uh, prayer of faith over her. We went to the beach. I didn't hear anything for a year. I got a text from the pastor, Ozzie Edwards. He said, you remember the lady, Ethlyn Campbell, you prayed for? She's on her deathbed. You led her to the Lord. You prayed the prayer of faith over her. He said, it's been one year. She's had no treatment and no surgery, and she's been back to church every time the doors are open. The doctor said they made a mistake. But how many know that no mistake was made on the cross of Calvary? For this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. I'm telling you, everything changes when Jesus shows up. It wasn't the evangelist in his swimsuit that showed up. It was Jesus. Somebody say, thank the Lord. They said, who's the man that healed you? They didn't, he didn't know. But I can tell you who the man was that healed him. It's the man that turned the water into wine. He's the one that healed the multitudes. He provided for the hungry. He raised the dead. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus has not changed. And what you see him, if he helped people in the Bible, he'll help you. If he helped, uh, uh, gave mercy, he'll give you mercy today. If he was a blessing, he'll be a blessing to you today. I thank God he's never changed. Amen? Yeah. He comes to this man, and I'm going to go on down to this. He says, stand up, pick up your bed, and walk. He says, pick up your bed. He doesn't just say, hey, leave your bed there. No problem, just stand up, you're healed. He was saying to this man, I don't want you to go back to your old ways. He's been comfortable for 38 years. This is what he lived for 38 years. He said, pick up your mat. He said, I don't want you to go back to your old ways, your old friends, and your old habits. Are you hearing me? I believe the Bible would give us some old scripture that says it like this. Come out from among them and be a separate, says the Lord. What fellowship does darkness have with light? What fellowship does God have with Satan? It says, abstain from the very appearance of evil. It says, remember not the former things. I don't know about you, but when I came to Christ, uh, I didn't stay the same. Old things passed away, and all things became new. I believe today, if you uh, uh, have come to Christ and you still got all your stuff going on, I believe you can come to him today, and he will deliver you from all your affliction. He'll deliver you from destructive behavior. Are you hearing me? I don't know what's going on in your life, but you can leave different than you came. I believe if Jesus said this today, he'd say, hey, go home and delete some folks off of social media. Pick up your mat and delete some people off of social media. Now, some of you go, oh, I can't delete people. They're my friends. Are they coming to your funeral? They're probably not your friend. Are you hearing me? 
I have no problem deleting people. Man, if you, you're, you're on your Facebook on Monday. If you want to join me on Facebook, do it, okay? But I'm going to tell you, if you're on there on Monday and you're cussing, Tuesday, you're griping about everything in the United States. Wednesday, uh, you're mad at your boss. And Thursday, I'm going to party like nobody's business tomorrow night. I deserve it. And then Saturday, hey, I want to invite you to First Pentecostal Holiness Church on on Sunday. It's going to be a blessed day. I delete people like that. Because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And I got enough Jerry Springer going on in my family without you. Okay, let me give it a better. Some of you are going to remember this crazy story. This is not my mother does not approve this, and you may hate me after this one. I told him I wouldn't cause him any problem. So if you got a problem, don't send it to the church. Send it to me, and I'll just delete your email. Okay, that's just how it works. I don't, I'm not politically correct. I've never been to sensitivity training, okay? So anyway... I'm preaching in West Texas. By the way, I preach in Odessa Midland all the time. I have many friends there that I need to find out how things are today. But you need to pray for those people, great people. That, there's churches out there that have helped me go around the world to preach, and I love a lot of the people out there. It's a lovely place, but somebody's crazy. Okay, we can't say crazy anymore. Well, you are crazy if you shoot people. That's the answer. Some people are crazy. There was an old country song. It said, beer is good. That's, that's wrong. God is good. What does it say? Something. And people are crazy. Well, they got one of, the, one of them's right. People are crazy. Okay, don't act like you've never heard that song. Hello. I, we don't live... If you live in Oklahoma, you hear country on accident. Okay, so I'm in West Texas preaching. It happens to be Valentine's Day. Everybody remember, it's Valentine's Day. I'm driving back to Oklahoma City and then to Tulsa. I'm on I-40. It's the main highway that cuts Oklahoma in half, really. I've got to go to the restroom, so I stop at a truck stop. I stop at the truck stop. Now, I don't know how women go to the restroom, but I do know how men go. We go by ourselves. Women, you seem to go in packs, and then you talk a lot. If men talk in the restroom, it's weird. Okay? So I walk in this restroom, and I'm not looking around gawking, but I, I do... Notice a guy way down on this end wearing a cowboy hat the size of Hoss Cartwright. Okay, but I, I don't go park up next to him. I go as far away from him as I can. All right, now I'm just minding my own business, and I hear this. Hey, you, are you having a happy Valentine's Day? My eyes get as big as saucers, and I'm like, I start praying in the bathroom. I'm praying under my breath. I pray, Lord, I hope he's on his cell phone. I hope he's on his cell phone. But I feel like he's looking at me. I'm not looking over, but I, I, I barely move my eyes. And he goes, yeah, you, are you having a happy Valentine's Day? 
And I'm like real nervous. And I said, uh, yeah, yeah. And I went out without washing my hands. And used hand sanitizer in the car, all right? And, and when I got in the car, I'm thinking, this is a funny story. And so I put it on Facebook. Because that's what, I don't care who you voted on. It didn't change my mind. I don't care what hoax you believe. I don't care how many videos you send me that are, are friend requests that I've already got a friend. You know, all that stuff doesn't matter. All right? It's funny how we believe the Facebook, but we don't believe Jesus is coming soon. All right? So I put it on Facebook because I thought it was a funny story. And about 100 miles later, I'm in Oklahoma City, and I, I stop again at the Sonic and I'm looking at my Facebook and I got about 200 and some likes people with crying eyes Doug you're crazy that's why we like you how many know there's two kinds of crazy there's the kind they should lock you up crazy and the, the kind I hope they're talking about me alright then I got another 100 miles to Tulsa and I got to my house, I looked on Facebook again. I got another couple of hundred likes and, and people laughing and saying, Doug, this is why we like you because you're crazy. And the, but then I got two people want to give me a sermon. Now, don't act like you don't ever have anybody give you a sermon on Facebook. If you haven't had one, you're the one giving me one. So I got these two ladies want to give me a sermon. So one of them says, oh, I bet that was an angel. I just went up and deleted her. <laughs> Second lady, she wants to give me a sermon. She says, oh, I bet that was the Lord giving you a chance to witness to that guy. Delete. You know, if I wrote the Bible, I would have added in, when you're about your business, you ought not be about the Father's business. Some of you will catch that tomorrow. Why did I tell you such a ridiculous story? Because I'm going to tell you something. Some of you are holding on to stuff that's much less, what I'm talking about is much less of a problem, but you're holding on to stuff, your old past, you're holding on to old pictures. You're holding on to old phone numbers. You still want to go back in the old neighborhood and see everybody that messed you up before. They like you bound better than they like you free. I'm saying, folks, it is time that we get serious. If you're going to serve the Lord, then serve the Lord. If you're going to serve the world, then do it. But I'm telling you, I believe there's a blessing when you serve the Lord. Somebody say amen. See, when he picked up his mat, he was saying, I don't live at that address anymore. And I believe uh, today when you pick up your mat and trouble starts looking for you and habits start looking for you and issues start looking for you, they won't be able to find you because you live at a new blessed address. Pick up your mat and walk. I want everybody to stand in this place today. Everybody stand with me. Stick with me. We'll dismiss together in just a moment. Jesus said to this man, he had a lot of issues. He dealt with the one of him laying on the mat, but he said, pick up your mat and walk. And then he said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you, something more evil come upon you. Jesus indicated that sickness and paralyzation and all that was evil. But he said, go and sin no more, lest something worse would happen to you. He said, I don't want you to go to hell, son 
How many know Jesus doesn't want anybody to go to hell? Jesus came, and when he came down the road, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I'm asking you today, right where you're at, to check yourself. Take inventory of your life. Do you have sin in your life today? Sin will separate you from God. Not just for now, but for eternity. And I'm going to tell you something about sin today. We need to get it out of our life. Today I want you to bow your head and close your eyes and I'm going to ask you a question. Are you ready?